All right, I want you to take your Bible, please, this morning, and turn into the book of Romans, chapter number 10. Romans, chapter number 10. I said a while ago, we're in the last days. I believe we are. Matter of fact, I know we are according to the times and according to what it is and so forth. And I hear so many just so confused and they say that and they just get, I don't want to get so upset about it. Just because you ain't come today don't mean you won't come tomorrow. Don't mean you won't even come before the day's out. He's coming. Amen. I got the Bible on it. Praise God. I didn't get it out of the Sears Road Book catalog. I don't know where they got their information, but I know I got mine out of the Bible. And uh, so I believe the Bible. Don't you believe the Bible? Amen. I wish I obeyed it more. But I do believe it. Amen. I believe he is too. I believe it's just about time. The Lord's waiting to come. I believe that with all my heart. All right, take your Bible. Go into the book of Romans, chapter number 10. We're going to give you a message from a Jew this morning. Amen. From the throne of God out of the Bible, which is a book given by the Jews. Amen. That's why the devil hates the Jew. Amen. Two people the devil hates more than anybody in the world is the Jew, amen, and the other is a Christian. Yeah. Amen. There's a world difference between them two. Yeah. If you study and think about it, because the Jew does not accept Christ as the Messiah. They don't look at him as the one who is the king and is the king and shall always be their king. They, they rejected him. The Christian accepts Christ as Messiah. We accept Christ as the chosen one. We accept Christ as the Savior. And uh, we're born again, washed in his blood. But the Jew don't do that. But he will. He will. Amen, he will. I want to explain a little bit about that this morning. So Joe, uh, not Joe, but uh, Paul here is writing in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans to tell us his desire. We're going to see something about uh Paul, and we're going to look at some things about it. And we've, we're living in a time today when uh, people are looking at, I'm going to use chapter number 10, and then I'm going to go to chapter number 11. I'm going to use a verse or two out of one chapter and go into the other, and I believe we ought to see this together. In, in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 1, the Bible said, Brethren, my heart's desire, now this is Paul, and prayer to God for Israel. He says this, what is heart's desire and prayer to God for? That Israel, he's talking about her, is that she may be saved. He didn't say it exactly like that. I'll read it just like it said. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. He had a desire for his people. Now let's turn to chapter 11. And let's follow up on that a little bit. Paul says this, I say then, verse 1, Hath God cast away his people? I hear people say that. God throwed his people away. We got people today that teach uh, uh, the replacement theory. That the church has taken the place of Israel. And the promises that God has given Israel, he's now given to the church. 
Don't believe a word of that. I'm going to read this to you this morning. And it says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? Then Paul answers that, God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Paul is writing this as a full-blooded, 100% Hebrew of the Hebrews Jew. He has no mix. He's full-blooded. Verse number two said, God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. He's known them before. He knows them now. And he'll know them tomorrow. And throughout eternity. He's given promises after promises that have not been fulfilled yet, but will be fulfilled. Count on it. God had not cast away his people, he says, which he foreknew. What ye not that the scripture saith of Elias. Now that's the word Elijah. Elias is the Greek word for Elijah. How he maketh intercession to God against Israel saying. Now this is what uh, we find about Elijah. He said, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars. They've killed your prophets. They've destroyed your altars. And now he's saying, and we can find this in the Old Testament, and I am left alone and they seek my life. You remember Elijah said that, I'm the only one left. Nobody else left. Yeah. God come back and said, what, 7,000 down there has never bowed a knee nor, uh, you know, bowed to Baal. Nobody else. They stood true. Verse 4 said, But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Amen. He had to wake Elijah up. Sometimes you think you're the only one. You think you're just one of the few. I will tell you, there's just a remnant that's serving God today. Everybody claims to know Christ. Everybody has a part of some church. Many people who are carrying Bibles so-called and even carrying the King James Bible don't know the God of the Bible. And they're going to perish. But notice what he said in verse 5. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant. What's a remnant? A few. A small group. Everybody thinks if a rapture took place on Sunday morning during worship hour that God would empty out the churches. There'll be a lot of them that go home and didn't know what happened. They'll try to figure it out. Amen. He said, even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. 
And if by grace, then as it is, no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. Then is it no more uh, grace? He says, I want to say it again. Then is it no more grace? In other words, it's by grace through faith that we're having of grace of God today save our soul. Amen. But if it is be of works, then it is no more grace. It's either works or grace. Amen. Otherwise, work is no more work. But if it ain't grace, it ain't salvation. Remember that. That's right. No works. Now, I want us to go to the Lord in prayer. And then I want to look at some things here this morning. I want you to pay attention with me. Our fathers, we bow in your presence. We thank you for the goodness of God. We thank you for watching over us, bringing us back to the house of God. Thank you for the word of God that's been real. And Lord, that's been in our lives down through the years. We thank you, Lord, that we are what we are by the grace of God. We're glad, Lord, that we have not taken the place of the Jew, but we've just been grafted in. Thank you, Lord, that we're part of the family of God. We'll give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now I want to share a few things with you. I pray, pray that God might help you this morning. We've got to church right now, and God's not working with the Jew. That may blow your mind. May, may make you get disturbed. It may take you, but you see, God is not ready to deal with the Jew right now. He's winning them to them through the grace of God. That's the only way he's doing it. He's doing it the same way he's doing us Gentiles. Preachers are preaching. They believe Christ. They believe God. And they call upon Christ. They repent. And the blood's applied. And they become a saved Jew. But as far as the nation of Israel is concerned, God's not dealing with them yet. It's not time. But one day, God won't deal with the church no more because he's coming to get us. I'm amazed at the people that gets all messed up. Uh, you said, oh, what about the Antichrist? Well, he's coming to deal with the Jew. The Antichrist has never been promised to come to deal with me and you. The Antichrist will come to deal with a Jew. I heard somebody ask me, or didn't hear them ask me, they said to me, Preacher, do you know when the Antichrist is coming? I said, yes, sir. Right on time. He said, what do you mean? I said, he can't come till the church gets called out. He can't uh, put himself in domination until Christ comes and gets his church, his bride. Oh, you, you believe in that? And I said, I sure do. He said, I believe the Lord's coming back, but he's coming back. There's no such thing as the rapture. I said, there's a rapture and there's a revelation. He's coming at both times, one in the air and the other, amen, to the Mount of Olives. And there's some things going to take place before then. So anyhow, he said, what about the Antichrist? What kind of fellow is he going to be? I said, well, I don't know. I do know some of the characteristics I'll throw something at you to think about and I'll throw it to you to think about it too. When you start hearing people talked about in a great way, he may not be the Antichrist, but he'll be a preview of the Antichrist. 
There's two right now that I'm, I'm watching and listening to and I don't think neither one of them is going to be the Antichrist. And I'm really not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. But I do keep this in the forefront of my mind and the back too so that I can try to help you in case you're not saved. There's a one man on the earth right now that is well thought of. His name is Elon Musk. He's in everything. They classify him as a genius. They even had over in Israel just not long ago going down and looking at the borderline if you looked at it down into Gaza. Trying to get all his information. He's a, he's a scientific and, a, and a electronic guru. And then I'm, and that's what the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to give answers to everything. So he's, if not, he is a pre-runner. The other one right now is, is Macron in France. I heard yesterday he's going back down uh, as quick as he can to see. He's going to try to do what he can to get a ceasefire and stop this inhumane business of Israel. He wants a ceasefire. He's talking about all this, and then I'm watching the news, and they're going up and down some of the countries, and they're saying uh, that the president of the United States of America is going to have to answer for his genocide in back in Israel. Now they're claiming that, and what they're going to do is put pressure, and you're going to see more pressure and more pressure and more pressure. And that bunch over there is trying to destroy Israel is going to weasel out and try to get their way again. Now Israel is not going to put up with it at some point in time down the road. I'll tell you something I found out about a month ago and I've been researching it and the more I research on it, the more I find out it is so. Did you know that Israel has an ace in the hole? Do you remember a man by the name of Samson? Samson was the strongest man on the face of the earth at that particular time, I guess, when the Spirit of God came on him. He could pick the gates of Gaza up and walk off with them. He could take the jawbone of an ass and whip a lot of folks and then... Get water out of the jawbone. But you remember they poked out his eyes. The Philistines poked out his eyes. Put him down there in the place and made sport out of him. But he got his strength back and he told a little fella, he said, put my hand on the column. And he did. He said, put my other hand on the other column. And he pulled those columns and took his life with it. But he destroyed more Philistians in that time in his death than he did in his whole life. And so Israel said, we as a nation, since they become one, need an ace in the hole. So they started pursuing nuclear weapons. Did you know Israel is a nuclear nation? She didn't get no recognition from nobody. She just started doing it. 
And one of the leaders in past days gone by has made the statement, check this out, made the statement that if Israel ever gets to the place that she's about gone and no hope for her, she will release all the nuclear warheads that they've got and she's about third in line and she'll take herself out like Samson did and the whole world. Now I believe Israel would do that. I don't believe she's a, a nation tonight or today that's going to do that until she gets to the end of it. And I believe according to my Bible she won't do it because somebody else is going to take care of her. Are you with me? Now you give me a promise in the Word of God that God is going to take care of America. Give me a scripture in your Bible that God's going to take care of Russia. Give me a scripture in your Bible that God's going to take care of China that everybody's worried about. But I can give you verse after verse, chapter after chapter, book after book in my Bible that God is going to take care of Israel. Israel has nothing to do. She don't even know God in the free pardon of sin like you and I do. She knows about Him. They call Him Yahweh. Amen. They call Him Jehovah. But they don't look at Christ. They dis disagree as Christ being the Son of God and the Messiah. But that will change. Now I'm looking at all this and I'm seeing it. And when I read between verse 13 down through verse uh, 25, actually it goes on further down to 36, I'm finding out that we have not taken the place of Israel. We have been grafted in. God loves us tonight or today because of His grace. Because we have received it. Have you ever looked at this? The Jews rejected him, uh, said away with him, let his blood, let his blood be on us and our children. Now when Israel said that, they done despite to the grace of God and said, we're not going to accept you as our Savior. God said, I took you under my wings. I've watched over you. I've cared for you. And he says, I love you with all my heart. But I will not tolerate you trampling the blood of my son under your feet. So what's God going to do? He's going to destroy those that won't. And he's going to save those that will hear him. And I'm not talking about in the day of the church. I'm talking about after the church is gone. Right now in chapter 10, we, or chapter 11, we find that we've been grafted in. How many of you know anything much about grafting? I was raised in an apple orchard. And they would come through and they would take them little apple trees. And I've seen little old trees when I was young, they'd come in and graft them and they'd put a red delicious on a golden delicious tree. 
They had put a different kind of apple on another. And I've seen trees that had four or five different kind of apples on one tree. Anybody ever heard of that? It's there. I've seen that. On this side's a red delicious. Over here's a golden delicious. Over there's something else. And it's because they didn't dig that tree up and plant out something else. They took the tree that was there. They cut it, slashed it the way it was, put it in. They had a way of grafting and wrapping it up and putting things in. Use wax and stuff, stuff like that. And it would take on. Well, that's what God did to us. He didn't dig the root of Israel up. He grafted us in. The Bible said we looked at verse number 17. And some of the branches be broken off. And thou being a wild olive tree. Who was at us. Were grafted in among them. And with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. The olive tree always symbolizes Israel. We've been grafted in. We're enjoying the grace of God that the Jew could be having today. We're enjoying the blessings of God. Now, why would the tribulation be given to the Jew? I mean, to the church. We're being saved by the grace of God. And if we have sinned against God since we have been saved, God is going to have to judge us for our sins. And that's what we're going to do at the judgment seat of Christ. God will judge us. But the Jew has not received Christ. He denies Christ. And the tribulation is going to be on this earth to get one thing in particular, several things. I'm going to be preaching on these later. But the one thing is to get Israel's attention that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And he says when they call upon him and ask for him, he'll come back. I can give you scripture after scripture on that too. But they're not calling on him. They're blind in part. Can we read something here? Look with me. Let's look in verse number 24. The Bible said, For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and wert grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? In other words, if we got grafted in, God can put them in there too. But they'll be on their root. The Bible said in verse 25, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery. What mystery? The mystery of the church. It's not a mystery to us. But it's still a mystery to the Jew. And it's still a mystery to the world. Lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. Notice what he said, that blindness in part is happened to Israel. Until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Can I go back to verse 8? Let's look at verse 8. According as it written, God hath given them, who? The Jew. The spirit of slumber. They're asleep. Eyes that they should not see. They can't see. And ears that they should not hear unto this day. That's why you cannot preach to Jew 
That's why you cannot show him the Bible that we have today. They are blind to that. They don't want that and they won't hear the truth. You have to get them through the Old Testament. You talk to them through the, not through the Messiah, you talk to them through Jehovah or Yahweh. Do you understand that? I want you to understand it because I want to give you something else that I believe we ought to notice. Now the tribulation is not going to come until the church is called out of here. I preach that so much, I'm blue in the face. And people still don't believe me. I'm so sure what I'm preaching this morning and in days past that you don't even shake me a bit if you shake your head this morning. But if you do, I may point you out. You understand? So I'm going to give you this. What's the tribulation for? Not for the church. Preacher, I believe we're going to go through the tribulation. Shut your mouth. I can't find that in my Bible. We are the bride of the Lord Jesus. He's coming after his bride in the rapture. And when the rapture takes place, the man of sin will be revealed that I talked about a while ago. Not until then. So don't go around wondering who the Antichrist is. I believe he's probably alive. I believe he's probably into some degree of, of strength and some degree of Ability to know how to run the world. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be a military genius. He'll be a financial genius. He'll know how, he'll be a religious genius. Have you noticed today, and this is something I hadn't noticed in days past, I've heard people talk about the Antichrist for years and years. But now I'm hearing them talk about we need somebody that can solve the problems. Yeah. And that's what they're trying to do. That's what they're trying to do when they're trying to cut it. And they're accusing Israel of genocide. And genocide, I'm going to tell you something. The devil's getting ahead of the ball game. He knows that he's got genocide on his mind of destroying the Jew and destroying Israel. And so he's just like the Democrats. You wonder where they get their, where they get their ideas? They hatch it up first before it happens and make you think somebody else is doing it when they're doing it. And the devil's doing that today. And he's trying to get people to believe that the Jews are the enemy of the country. And the Bible teaches me that every nation is going to come against Israel and there will be a one world a genocide thing on the Jew. They hate the Jew. They despise the Jew. And they'll all come against the Jew. Church will be out of here. Chaos will break out on the earth. God will seal 144,000. He'll send those two witnesses down to preach. For the first three and a half years of tribulation, they will do their best to evangelize the world. But the Bible teaches us in the last half that false Christ and false prophets would come. It says that we got them today. We have. And they'll be in the first part of the tribulation. But when amen, the abomination of desolation sets up, 
when the devil walks in and says, I'm God. And then he gets himself an image and he's going to get them to worship that image. Amen. That's going to change. Now, I'll give you a whole lot of stuff here and I don't want to mess up your lunch because <laughs> you'd probably disagree with me. But I've learned the older I get into this thing, some things is happening. Now the tribulation is going to be for two groups of people. Not the church. Church is gone. Amen. I want you to take your Bible and turn to Revelation chapter 16. I started to preach on what would happen in the first half of the tribulation. And the promises that's made and would happen. That Jesus said would happen. Like I did on the rapture last week. You remember that? But instead I went to this part. I'm going to give you some things this morning that's going to happen in the last half of the tribulation. I'm, not, I'm going to leave off some of them. I'm going to give them all to you. There's about eight different things are going to happen that you can count on that's recorded right here in this book. But when God deals with the Jew, He's going to deal in certain things. He's going to give them signs. Jews need signs. Most Baptists need signs. Amen. They put them up on the side of the road because they know you need them. You're not going to abide by them, right? So, I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 16. You don't hear preachers preach on this. They scare their crowd. There's two groups of people that's going to be going through the tribulation. Matter of fact, all that's left is going to be here. There's going to be, number one, the Jew. And he's going to, to, through the tribulation because God wants to get his attention and let him see that he's the Christ. And one day they'll say, where'd you get them scars in your hand? They're going to recognize it. Where'd you get those wounds? And they'll say, in the house of our friends, or that's what we say, in the house of our friends, which is the Jew. They're going to see that. They're going to recognize it. They will one day recognize that he is the Christ that they've been telling, right. has been, been told all these years. So God's going to deal with the Jew. Secondly, he's going to deal with the Gentile world. To think that the, that the tribulation is just for the Jew is a wrong view of the scripture. It's going to be a worldwide tribulation. And I'll show you where this looking at. Look at with me in chapter 16. It's what they call the vials. Some preachers call it bowls. When God pours out, you ever hear a preacher say, when God pours out the bowls, B-O-W-L-S, on the earth? Some preachers have been used to calling hearing that all their life, and that's what they preach. I just go by what my Bible says. Amen. He said in verse 1, And I heard a great voice out of the temple. Out of the temple. Where's the temple? All right. Saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out 
the vials of the wrath of God upon the, what's that word say? Earth. Do you know where the earth is? You're sitting in it. This is not just Jerusalem. This is the world. This is the earth. So this is what God's going to deal with. What's the other group? Who is these on the earth? Those who have rejected God. Those who are mad at God. And this world's full of them. Those who deny the word of God. Those who have denied Christ Jesus as the Lord. Those who are wicked, full of abominations and wickedness, and they know not Christ. Actually, it's the Gentile powers. You got it? Let that soak just a minute. So the first thing going to happen in verse number two, and the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. He pours that vial out on the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. I don't have time, but you remember I told you this morning in the book of Job, that's one of the first things the devil done to him was put a boil on him from the bottom of his foot to the top of his head. Somebody said, is that going to happen on the earth? Absolutely. That's what's going to happen. This is consecutive. Did I show you this morning the devil in Job? One right after another, consecutive. Couldn't even get through speaking to the other. These are going to come consecutively. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. Verse 3, and the second angel poured out his vial Upon the sea. And it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. Every animal died in the sea. God went to the sea. And he pours out his vial upon the sea. Now fresh water comes from the cisterns and springs and branches and goes to the sea. But God is going in a backward direction and He is turning the sea to blood. You see it? Coming backwards. And the sea became as the blood of a dead man. Anybody know what the blood of a dead man is? It don't flow. It's dead. It's coagulated. It's like a paste. That's why they embalm you. They pump that out and put embalming fluid in you. That blood taints quickly. And causes corruption fast. The life of the flesh is in the blood. That's the second vial. The third vial is found in verse number four. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of water. Now he goes to the 
drinking water stage. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and washed and shalt be, because thou hast judged us. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. Jews and Gentiles have done that. And God has given the Jews and the Gentiles blood to drink because they have taken the lives of the saints of God, Jew and Gentile. And I heard another of the altars say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. Then the fourth vial comes in verse number eight. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. You ever heard a talk about uh, uh, climate change and the earth ain't got long? Sometimes I look at that and I say, they ain't as far off as you think they are. Old Cortez, a few years ago, said we only had 12 years left in the sun. I laughed at her. I still laugh at her. But I want to tell you something. If the rapture took place today and the Antichrist come on the scene seven years from today, this could be taking place on the earth. So where do you think she's so far off at? I I, I think she's got inspiration of Satan. Amen. You can believe what you want to, but... And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God which hath power over these plagues and they repented not to give Him glory. You'd think that they'd repent and call on God when all this is happening. When they're thirsty. Do you remember the black horse and the pale horse? You're seeing the evidence of them here. Verse 10, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast. Amen. And his kingdom was full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues for pain. Can you imagine darkness on... Somebody said, that ain't going to happen on this earth. It's happened before. In plagues and times past. And God's going to put it out here again. And blaspheme, notice verse 11, the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. See, all this other still going on. They still got boils. They still got blood to drink. They still got scorching of the sun. And now they got darkness. Now you can believe that if you want to. I do. And verse 12 said, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, And the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now what's that for? They're going to come against Israel. Now while this is going on, people are despising Israel and hating Israel because it's the God of Israel that's doing this to them. They're blaspheming God. You think they won't do that? Sure they'll do it. And they'll do it because of Israel. I saw three unclean spirit uh, like frogs come uh, spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and you can read that. But down in verse number seventeen, you find the seventh vial. 
And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. We've seen it poured out on the earth. We've seen it poured out on the sea. We've seen it poured out on the rivers. We've seen it poured out on the sun. We've seen it poured out on the seed of the beast. We've seen it poured out on the great river Euphrates. Now we're seeing it poured out in the air. God's going to give them something they've never seen before. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It's done. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as were not since uh, men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And if you'll study that, about a hundred pound pieces of ice fall into the earth. That ain't going to happen. I hope you're not going to be left. You'll find out. You understand? And down in verse number 21, and there fell upon men a great hail, out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. So there's that hail. And then the earthquake, God's going to shake the mountains from what down and He's going to level out the earth. And I believe that's when Jesus is going to come back on the Mount of Olives and walk into the city of Jerusalem on smooth ground. I know what it looks like over there. We're going to the Holy Land's helped me a whole lot in studying this out. I'm going to tell you. These things are something. People don't want to listen to it. They don't want to look at it. You better make sure you win every soul you can. You better make sure you win every church, a church member that you think might be lost. You better try to do everything your loved ones, your friends. You better do everything you can for your soul. Amen. Your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your cousins, your uncles, everybody. Because if a trumpet sounded today, They'd have to go through this. You said, no, they wouldn't. They'd get saved. No, God will send them strong delusion. The only one's going to win them to God is going to be the 144,000 and them two witnesses, amen, that are coming. We talked about Wednesday night. This makes sense. So all the world is going to gather together out of, under that... Euphrates River and they're going to come down and they're going to kill the Jews. They say, we're going to destroy them. Anti-Semitism. We hate the Jew. We despise the Jew. We already got that. Everybody's on there trying to get them to stop ceasefire or have a, stop, a ceasefire for Israel. It's because they are anti-Semitic. They're against the Jew. They don't want the Jew taking any credit for anything. They don't want the Jew to ever win. They want them to be defeated. They want to destroy them. They hate them. Now at this time, they won't have to worry about us old Christians. We're going to be over in glory shouting it out. And all the rest is going to be here is going to be Christians that are saved during the tribulation that have not heard the gospel before, and they're going to have to hide. And God is going to... Have you ever noticed this? I'll read you something more. Then I'm going home. I could just stay on this all the time. Turn to Matthew chapter 24. I take Daniel, Matthew, and Revelation, and praise God, you learn a lot of stuff. In Matthew chapter 24, verse number 15, this is when 
the sign for the great tribulation. The great tribulation is the last three and a half years. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. He's telling that to us. You can understand. He's telling these Jews, you can understand. Now what's happening? He said, then that them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. When they see that Antichrist set himself up in the temple, them Jews are to leave. He says, let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of Get out of town now. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take any clothes. And just see some of you ladies you know going back and getting three cats and two more pocketbooks and 14 pairs of shoes to get out of the house when the devil's at the back door. And woe unto him that are with child. Why is that? It's going to be hard to flee with a sucking child. And to them that give sucking those, but pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. Why? Because the route to go have to go is down through to Petra. And Petra, there's a place in there that has floods in the, in the wintertime. It says about the, and they have floods and that's going to be hard on them. Neither on the Sabbath day. Sabbath day, nothing works in Jerusalem. I've been there. Yeah, that's right. On Sunday, they work. Yeah. On Saturday, you can't even run the elevator. The elevators, I know this to be a fact. You go to Israel and you get on the elevator and the elevators are programmed to go one floor at a time. You don't touch it. It's wrong to touch them buttons. That's taking work. They classify that as work. So if you're on a 10-story building... It's going to take you 10 stops to get there. You ain't got time to... The Lord said, it's time to get out of town. That's why he used that. For then shall be great tribulation. See, great tribulation is the last half. Now you're going to have to run for your life. Those Jews have to run for the, life, for the last half of tribulation for their life. In the Holocaust, one-third of the Jews on the earth were killed. But in the tribulation, two-thirds of the Jews will be killed. That's how rough it's going to get. They better be checking it out, but your loved ones and you maybe need to check it out this morning. I'm glad I know I'm not going to hang around here. I won't be here for tribulation. I'll be in glory. Shouting the victory. Won't even be able to see what's going on down here. Somebody said, I hope I get to... Oh, you don't do it either. I don't want to see none of it. I want to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Who's birthed me into his family. And you need to think about that. That's the reason I try to incorporate every one of these messages I preach on prophecy to try to get you to understand that you need to do something now. Today is a day of salvation. Harden not your heart. You believe in God, believe also in me. You understand that? The Jews believe in God. Did you know the Jews believe in God? But they do not believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in God, believe also in me. John 14, Jesus said that. 
and you go to hell not believing in Jesus. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Praise.